Welcome to another podcast, the Action Sports Jacks Pile On with Brent and Dan podcast. And there was plenty of piling on over the weekend in the end zone in the swamp and in the second half from the Tennessee Titans to the Jacksonville Jaguars at Everbank Field. Let's go Jags first, Dan. Not a pretty sight on Sunday. I want to pile on the Jags. A huge disappointment. What an opportunity and what a chance to impress the home fans. What a chance to gain momentum. What a chance to go to 2-0, somewhere they haven't been in 11 years. So many opportunities, I thought, and they blew it. They just blew it. They blew it because... Well, Blake Bortles turned the ball over three times. You can't do that when you're going to play the style of football that they want to play. You can't get 10 penalties for 99 yards, Brent. If you do that, you're going to lose. That's what happened to the Jaguars on Sunday. Yeah, the Jags might end up winning seven games, eight games, nine games. Who knows? I mean, they might get on a roll. They might be more like last week's team. But it is really uncanny. And and you think of Buffalo, and you think of Detroit, and you think of places like that where there have been different opportunities over the last decade to really give this fan base something to grab onto. And this week was one of them. On Sunday was one of them. They had the excitement in town after that performance against Houston. And to lay the egg like they did in front of the home fans. And now they could go win the next two, but it's not in front of the home fans. Right. Anytime they are at Everbank Field, whether it's prime time, whether it's when you get a chance to go on a roll, make a statement, they really stink. Well, at home sometimes they do. I can go back to the eight and five when they were eight and five that year, and then they lost three straight. I can go back even before that when they were playing Houston with a chance to go to the postseason, and they got shut out like twenty-one nothing. You're right about that. For whatever reason, they haven't stepped up. Well, the truth of the matter is they're not a great football team. And let's be real about one thing: Blake Bortles is probably in his last year as a quarterback of the Jaguars. I don't see him sticking around. Through two games, he hasn't been that impressive. He was okay week one. He was less than okay week two. Um, So we've got what we've got, and we're going to try to cobble together as many victories as we can. And I think they can do it with the recipe they play, but they can't make mistakes. They can't start first and 15 or first and 20. Yeah, we were all stunned last week what they did to Houston. This was more the preseason Jags. This was more coming out of the preseason. They have quarterback issues. They have some offensive line issues, although it was tight ends. It was a little bit of everybody in terms of the penalties, but just bad timing for the penalties. This team cannot play first and 20. They can't play second and 15 because then you take Leonard Fournette out of the equation. And I'll tell you what, there were some good things in that first half. Yeah. Some fun things that you're like, okay, we can see. Even Blake, he made a couple plays. He ran over a defender. Yeah. You know, he made a couple of third down throws. And you get, okay, okay, okay. Leonard Fournette, I mean, he only had 40 yards. But all 40 are fun to watch. Right. I mean, he is a fun guy. He is one tough dude. But uh, it's just... They had the ball at midfield, and if they just kneeled on it and punted, they would have won the field position battle. They turn it over. Then the next time, they all they need is 10 yards for a field goal attempt from Jason Myers. They turn it over. And then Tennessee gets the, the field goal. It's just little stuff like that, and they cannot play from behind. This team gets 10 points down, you're done. And we don't want to pile on the defense. Uh, but this is a pile-on podcast, and I thought they had a little bit of give-up in them in the second half. I thought sure they got a little like bit down it. on themselves, and, you know, the game – Okay, for example, it's 23-3. Jalen gets the penalty. I don't mind the penalty. He's frustrated. Whatever. I don't care. Um, But this is the point. The Jaguars ended up with 16 points. At 23-3, what if they got to 16? At 23-16, what if they got the ball back with a minute and a half to go and had one last chance? Instead, the defense let them go down the field two more times and get to 37. You can't do that. You got to take some pride. 
look, it wasn't their fault. I'm not blaming them. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think the defense is going to be fine. The defense is going to be good. I only had one sack today. You know, you, they got to play better too. Yeah, I think you you did. You towed the line there. It's a fine line. I mean, I, yeah. I don't want to call them out for bad effort. No. But you could tell they were demoralized. Yes. They were demoralized at 16-3, to and then they give up a punt return into their own territory. In the second half, they had four out of the six possessions for Tennessee started in the Jags' territory. And you can tell they got demoralized. But what I say is, if you want to be a top-five defense, and this could be the next great defense in the NFL, who knows? They're going to have to do a lot this year. But if they are going to be great, you don't go out there and give up 31 points in the second half. There wasn't a pick six. You know, there was short fields. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a pick six or a return for a touchdown on special teams. You can't give up 31 points in the second half and want to call yourself an elite defense. So they've got to be a little bit careful of that. I'm not super down on the defense, but I get your point. I was thinking the same thing, and I think a lot of people are thinking the same thing. Tennessee might be pretty good. Tennessee at least proved today they're tougher than the Jags because their front line did a better job. They won the trenches overall against the Jaguars, and they didn't make any uh, – well, they didn't make a lot of mistakes. Murray Oda made a terrible throw, but he also made some pretty good throws. Now, as much as we wanted to put the Jaguars in Minneapolis to the Super Bowl after week one, we don't want to give them the first pick in the draft after week two. No. But we're through two weeks now, and we're going to start to see here in the next couple of weeks – what kind of football team this is going to be. That's why the trip to London is so important. That's a good thing for the Jags. They know how to win in London. They've won their last two times over there. It's all new to Baltimore, so Jacksonville needs to take advantage of it. The Ravens are 2-0, and but they're a beat-up football team. They're really good on defense. It's going to be another slugfest next week, and the Jags got to be ready for four quarters of football, both offensively, defensively, and on special teams. Yeah, I think we're finding out that the NFL has a lot of bad teams. Because yes. Baltimore is 2-0, but they beat Cincinnati, and we've seen Cincinnati yes. now twice, and they're terrible. Or they, they look terrible, at least in September. And Cleveland, obviously, is Cleveland. Uh, they're young. Uh, but you said, they have an opportunity here against Baltimore. Baltimore right. is not great. Now, can they lose to Baltimore? Absolutely. They could go to New York in a couple of weeks and lose to New York. But these next two weeks are opportunities. Today... Sunday was an opportunity. Mm. They missed it. Yeah. They have to take advantage of the next couple of opportunities. I think at worst, they better be 2-2 two and two after the first quarter of the season. Right. And they really have a chance, I think, even to be 3-1, and one, as bad as it was on Sunday against the Titans. So uh, we got to pump the brakes both yeah. ways. Pump yeah. the brakes last week. Pump the brakes a little bit again, this week. Just for the record, 2-2, two and two, listen, when you've watched a team win – 17 games in five years, yeah. two and two's okay. That would it's, be fine. Listen, it's not, it's not, you know, you just don't want to be sitting there going, gosh, we should be 4 and 0. Well, there's no way they should be 4 and 0 after the performance on Sunday. No. So it is what it is. It's a tough loss. Put it behind you. Go get better. See what you got and figure out now, offensively, you're going to have a problem without A Rob. You got to get receivers who can get open. We want to blame Bortles, and that's okay. Might he deserves a lot of the blame. We got to get some receivers who are going to get open. Yeah, you might have to. Do, you might have to go pick. Just shake up, up a little bit. Maybe get a veteran guy in. I, I don't think you're going to get a game changer, but you're right. They have to. Keenan, put on the jersey. They have, they have to be able to make plays. Somebody down the field. The last thought on the Jags, and then yeah. we'll move on to the Gators. Uh, they come back home October 15th. The next time they play, long at Everbank. Time. That's a long time away. The Jags have to give people a reason to go back to Everbank Field and watch against the Rams. Good they point. They have to be able to do that. And I don't know what that record will be. Maybe it's three and two at the time. Not going to be. 
Pittsburgh most likely, not this football <laughs> up team. There. So they have to go win a couple of games and give this fan base some hope to go back to the bank. And when they get that chance against the Rams, they better deliver against a team coming from the West Coast, an okay football team, not a very good football team. They have to start delivering on these opportunities. It's going to be a lot of going to be an interesting season as it continues to unfold. Uh, something else interesting going on is in Gainesville, Florida, where the Florida Gators somehow, some way, <laughs> won a football game on Saturday that really shocked everybody. Not that just the one, the way they won the game, the final play of the game, nine seconds left, Jim McElwain botching one possession after another, offensively inept for so long, finally making a couple of adjustments, and then saving the very best for the very last. Yeah, I mean, it, listen, it was incredible. Here's the best thing to come out of this for the Gators. Uh-huh. Felipe Franks could have just arrived. He might be the real deal. It's we, a start, but at least. he definitely has the real arm. He yes. has a legit arm. I mean, that throw. Let him use it then. That throw was amazing. Yeah. You, I don't. You can be a Tennessee fan. You can yeah. be a Georgia fan. You can be a Florida State fan. I'm not a fan of any of them. Mm-hmm. That was a legit throw. That's an NFL arm they have. So now Jim McElwain better go to work with that NFL arm yeah. because he's got a guy. I mean, he's got a tool to work with now, and they haven't had many of those over the last few years, handful of years. So he better make it work. But you got to give us, you got to give us the atmosphere there because you were there, yeah. And we're gonna get to your excitement in a moment, right? But I mean, that was a frenzied swamp on Saturday evening. It was, and, and Stuart Weber and myself were down there, and he was on the sidelines. And listen, there's something special about college football, and you hope that one day. That could be captured in this in this town with our pro football team, but there's something special about it because it's nonstop for 60 minutes. But I'm telling you, I've been at the swamp now since 1981, so 37, 38 years of doing games there every year, and this is a team that's 0 and 1. Okay, they're playing a rival in the Tennessee Volunteers, but that place was electric and. The fans gave their all. You know, I guarantee a lot of fans left that game hoarse, <laughs> yeah, as I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. In fact, I want to take you back. We did our SEC Tonight show on Saturday. Yeah. So, Dan, right after the game, I mean, moments after the They're game. They're walking into the locker room. It was, it was, he captured the electricity in his voice and in the background. <laughs> Obviously, this is a podcast. So you won't see it. We can't show you the picture of Dan fist pumping on the, the touchdown <laughs> that, that we've all seen on social media. But... Listen to Dan's report from SEC tonight, and it will kind of capture the moment for you. In one of the most improbable, unbelievable comebacks ever, the Florida Gators victorious here today in the Swamp. It just happened, 26-20, to last play of the game, a touchdown for the Florida Gators. Felipe Franks to Tyree Cleveland. Franks to Cleveland. It'll go down in Gator history like Werfel to Doring. Unbelievable. Last play of the game. Florida had botched it offensively for the entire 60 minutes. But in the last nine seconds, Franks rolled out, launched one, and Tyree Cleveland somehow, some way, got behind the defense and gathered the football in for the game-winning touchdown on the last play of the game. Remember, the Gators were up 20 to 10 in this game and blew it, fell apart. It didn't look good. It was going to over.
overtime. McIlwain kind of screwed things up at the end with his, without using a timeout as the clock ticked down. But with nine seconds left, they took a shot and the shot came through. All is forgiven. The Gators win here today in the Swamp. 1-0 in the SEC. On to Kentucky. Florida wins over Tennessee. 26-20. to I've never seen anything like it, Brent. Let's go back to you. All right, that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was that, fun. You could feel it. You know, yeah. that, hey, that's what it's all about. Yeah. You want to capture that moment. Uh, uh, you and your 75, 80, 85, 90,000 others right. were in orange and blue. Right. We're feeling that same thing. And listen, look, Jim McElwain's got a lot of work to do. I, I was... I'm not bothered. I felt sorry for him after the game. I, I, I want to see some joy in the guy. It's tough being the coach of a program like that when the program like that's not going how all the fans of the program like that want it to go. It's a tough job. They get paid a ton of money, so nobody feels sorry for you. But, dude, if you can't enjoy the wins, I mean, smile for once. Hug your wife. Do something. Sell some barbecue sauce. Anything, Jimmy Mack. They coached a bad game again, though, didn't they? It, well, they did. And what they've got to learn, they've got to put the right guys on the field. Number 17 is a playmaker. He, he's, he's the best guy with the ball in his hands. Kadarius Tony is the kid I'm talking about. And, but he's a freshman. He's a true freshman. But it doesn't matter. you got to play him. Malik Davis had the 75-yard run fumbled at the end, unfortunately. But he had a 75-yard run. you got to play him. you got to get the ball in these guys' hands. I, I say this, Dan. I don't care if they're freshmen or not. Right. I want to be entertained. Yeah. That guy, those guys are entertaining right. players. They might make mistakes. They might even lose you football games because they're young. Yeah. Felipe Franks. But we see these young guys are entertaining players. The way this football team has played offense has not been entertaining. Put them out there. Let them make plays. And he almost botched the end of the game, too. Oh. I mean, McIlwain came oh so close to the noise, really ratcheting it up. But yes. now it's Butch Jones who has to deal with that. So the Gators can smile for a week. They get Kentucky. Then they get Vanderbilt. I want to ask you No this. givens either, by no, the way. No, Two teams at one. Kentucky beat South Carolina. Vandy beat Kansas State. Yeah, Kentucky won on the road. Nothing's a given for yeah. the Gators because of the way they play on sure. offense. But this might have been a growing moment for Felipe Franks and many others. Uh, all right. Uh, the thing going around on Saturday night was some of the big plays that have happened. So you got this one now mm-hmm. in terms of uh, uh, Franks to Cleveland. And you had Greer to Callaway yeah. two years ago against Tennessee. Yes. <laughs> and then, of course, the Kentucky play, Werfel to Doring. Yes. You've seen them all. Yeah. Where does it rank for you? And, and you might have other, but let's pick those three plays. Those are end-of-the-game plays yeah. that people are talking about. Yeah, um, there have been so many great plays through the years, but this will go down in lore. I mean, this is it was a historical, I, I think of all the games I've seen at the Swamp, um, the win over FSU because they were number one in 97 is, is, is number one. But the game like that, was was certainly special. Was was Stewart even born in '93? I was. I was born in '93. I'm just going to add in that this has passed my former number one moment, which was the Jarvis Moss kick block, South in, Carolina in uh, '06. Stewart, oh, it's was not that a South kick Carolina? block. That was South Carolina. It's a cock block. <laughs> I just wanted you to know that's that's what it's a called. Game this is the podcast. Yes. Yes. So you can say that. Yes. It was. Yes. yes. And it, that was renewed a little bit over the weekend, right? Suck up was the kicker. Suck up was here. Today or Sunday, and um, yeah, I still I'll always love them. I'll always love them for kicking it low. Thank you. All right, so the Gators go to Kentucky next week. We'll yeah. see what happens. Be careful. One quick word: thirty in a row. Yeah, thirty. Thirty. In a row. It's got to end sometimes.
sometime. We'll see. Um, doesn't look like it's ending anytime soon. Uh, Florida State, by the way, still has a football program, and they are going to play this week. <laughs> it will be three weeks since they last played. <laughs> and James Blackman will get. So we 11 don't know point favorites against NC State. With that new kid at quarterback yeah. and James Blackman. So it'll be fun to watch Florida State uh, this weekend. Clemson. Clemson. Ooh. Clemson's for real. Dabo's built the program. FSU better figure out how to beat Clemson because yeah. they're going to have to get through Clemson to to, get to if they want to get to the Final Four. Back-to-back huge road wins and impressive ones. Oklahoma beat Ohio State a week ago, and then Clemson goes on the road to beat Louisville. Pretty good stuff. All right. Hey, that's going to do it. That's Next it. Next week from London across the pond, perhaps. Oh, dear. Well, you'll be here. I'll be over there, and we'll try to make the phone call work somehow, I guess, for the podcast. That'll be a challenge. It's the Action Sports Jacks Pile On Podcast with Brent and Dan. Join us every week usually on Mondays. Have a good week, everybody.